We'll get to episode 247 in just a moment, but before we do, I'd like to ask for your support of this podcast. Whenever you need to make a purchase at Amazon.com, please use my affiliate link by going to iCan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. It'll take you right to the Amazon.com homepage. Shop as you normally do, check out as you normally do, it doesn't cost you anything more, and I may earn a small commission on qualifying purchases. Again, that's iCan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. And remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U.com slash Amazon. Thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate it. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 247 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benge on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for this episode. Thank you so much for being here going to lead off (laughs) with talking about the Phillies. Because among all of the things that I have going on, obviously it's playoff time. And in Philadelphia, the Phillies are in the league championship series, which has taken some of that free time that I usually use for things like recording this podcast. It's Friday night after game four, a disappointing loss. But I can report that I may have a way to find out more about what the Phillies are doing or are planning to do with devices so folks who are blind and visually impaired can get real-time audio. I found out the other day from Liz when she told me that her former partner, uh, co-teacher in her classroom before she left Walden briefly, has a friend, or her son has a friend, who happened to be a student of Liz's back in the day, and, and Barb for that matter, who works for the Phillies and actually got tickets to one of the league championship series games. So I asked if I could get his email address so I could at least start a conversation. She said, no problem once the season is over. So I look forward to that and at least maybe we'll get some information about what's coming up. I emailed someone from the Phillies who I was told to email about it. I have never gotten a response. I emailed a couple of years ago. I emailed a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago now. Still nothing. And I'm hoping to find out something. Obviously, it's not going to be until next season at this point. And and that's okay. Obviously, I I don't want to be the one to, to call in and cause a ruckus and then knock them off. I mean, they're doing okay faltering now on their own. I don't want to be the one, though. So with all of this going on and all sorts of stuff, so I've had Believe You Can, I've had a couple of podcast episodes that were fairly time sensitive, and I I honestly, I missed the mark on episode 86, and I'll talk about episode 086 after Just Listen when I talk about what the episode is about, but they, spoiler alert, they both have to do... 086 and 085 both have to do with the state convention in Harrisburg coming up in November. And I really wanted to get that one out by Sunday because Sunday was the cutoff for getting your meals. And not that the meals are a big deal, but there is one meal that you really want to be at, and that is the banquet. 
And sure, you could go to the banquet without eating, and it starts late enough, you could obviously eat something beforehand and then just go and sit in the room and listen. The banquet is something where the keynote address is given by the national representative, somebody that the NFB national organization sends to state conventions to talk about what's going on within the organization and what's on the agenda and so forth and so on. And it's always very interesting. This year, we really got lucky. We have first vice president Pam Allen of NFB. Uh, She also has some other hats, which I'll talk about again after Just Listen. And Just Listen is going to be great. Uh, Just wait till you hear that. I've had that to do. I've had convention stuff to do, obviously, getting back to people. And most of all, I've had Believe You Can. And I knew Thursday or Friday of last week, so about a week ago, with Believe You Can coming on Saturday, there was no way I was going to get this episode, episode 086 of White Canes Connect. There was no way I was going to get it edited and done in time because we had sound checks, we had rehearsals. A couple of folks thought we needed more rehearsal. I don't know that it would have been that big of deal if we did or not. Now, I have to say, sales were disappointing compared to previous years of Believe You Can. Now, again, I mentioned already that we didn't have sponsors, so we didn't have that money coming in. But we only did about 60%, 55 or 60% of what our worst year was, and that was the first year. And it was disappointing. It's a lot of work, as I've mentioned. Last week alone, just doing sound checks and rehearsals and meetings with everyone, probably eight hours, probably eight hours for the week, not counting the emails that we had to send out and not counting the other things that go on behind the scenes, not talking to potential performers and things like that. I'm talking about uh, Lisa sending stuff out. So she spent time, I spent time sending emails. Then there was some sort of technical issue with sending out emails. And one was on my end. That's not a technical issue. That's just a failure on my part. When someone bought a ticket, I would send them a thank you note. It didn't have the link to the show because we usually sent that out the day before the show. But I was replying to the PayPal invoice. And so I would click reply all and I would see the person's name come up in the to field. So I'd think, okay, I'm emailing this person. I didn't realize until Saturday morning that when I was replying and it showed the person's name up in the to field, it wasn't going to that person. It was going to service at paypal.com. So it was misleading to me thinking that I was sending this thank you note to this customer or donor, I guess I should say is a better term. And it wasn't. So none of these people were getting these thank you notes. Never. Over the years that I've been doing this, I've been wasting my time, which was disappointing to me. It was a very, I have to say, last week, and even this week to a degree, has been a very disappointing week on a couple of accounts. And I'm going (laughs) to, sorry for you, but you're going to hear them all in this episode. So that became an issue when I started to send out the links, because as we got further into Saturday, instead of sending the normal thank you, I was sending the thank you that also included the link to Zoom so you could log on. People were saying, hey, we didn't get it, we didn't get it, we didn't get it. 
And I'm thinking, why? And that's when I discovered why some of the people didn't get it. The people that bought them on Saturday weren't getting them because I was thinking I was responding and I wasn't. So I then did a email blast to all the people who had purchased tickets up to, I want to say, Thursday. I did an email blast from within Gmail, from the Believe You Can show at gmail.com account. I did a, I did a BCC. I sent them all out. People still didn't get them. And I'm not sure what was going on. And I was talking to Jane because Jane, as every year does, donated her $25. Actually, this year she did just the donation. She knew she was going to be busy that day, so she didn't buy the ticket. She just did a donation. And because she did the donation, she checked the box to cover the fees, which is great. So we got all $25 of her $26 and change donation because she checked that box. So when she told me she didn't get that one or the next one that I sent, now the first one I knew was going to be an issue, but the second one I knew went from the Gmail web portal, not my email client, which I've been having, obviously, I've told you over the past weeks, I've been having some issues. So she finally got it. Some other people still didn't get it. And I was on the phone with one person who was having trouble. I'm not sure what the issue was. And finally, we think we got it sorted out. For the lack of tickets that we sold, we still had a pretty good turnout online. And I was happy about that. But there were email issues And there were other issues. Again, we spent a lot of time with people telling them, hey, you've got to turn on original sound for musicians. And it's a two-step process if you didn't know. Before you go into any meeting, you've got to click the button, click the box within your settings in Zoom to turn it on. And then once you get into the meeting, you also have to click it on there. Once you're in each, every time you go into a different meeting, if you're going to sing or play an instrument, you've got to turn it on within the meeting. And that's where the issue was. So we did, we spent all this time and some people we had back more than once. Now, one guy, his name is Chris Westbrook. He's on the NFBFPA tech team. He played the sax and he came on the first, with the first sound check. He did what he thought he needed to do. He turned it on, but he only turned it on in, during our quote unquote meeting And that's why it wasn't working. He was playing the sax and we would hear like every three notes or four notes. One in every three or four notes, not every three or four notes. That's, I mean, it was, it was horrible and we just couldn't figure out. He said, Hey, I turned it on. And he, again, he's a tech guy, so he knows, but he realized after we got off the call, what he might need to do. He and Simon, I think had spoken also, and he did another sound check couple days later, boom, no problem. And it sounded great. So that was awesome. So we realized that's what moving forward, we had to make sure we explained to people so they would know what's going on. But come show night, there were two or three people that, and one, it was a shame. <laughs> it was a shame because as soon as we saw this girl do the song, in her sound check, I had it in my head. It's the Four Non Blondes song, uh, What's Up? And I, I'm sorry if I put it in your head, but as soon as I say it, it gets right in my head and I can hear it and I start singing the words, even though I don't really know the words. And, 
And it was a shame because when she went on, it was really hard to hear most of her. And uh, it, it, the, the nice thing is she was one of – instead of doing winners this year uh, based on first, second, and third place finishes, we just did random drawings. And we ended up having – I want to say we ended up having – we were supposed to have 13 people. Two people didn't show. One person got sick but was filled in by Max Ivy, the blind blogger. And so we had I – th- I think we had 13. No, I'm sorry. I think we had 11. So we did a drawing for four after the first four and drawing for the next four and then a drawing for the final three. And the person who won, her name is Katie from Texas. She won the um, $50 gift card, one of the three $50 gift cards. But the people who performed were just so amazing. And I just got permission today to use it, but I'm not going to – I'll play it next week. Um, Jorgen Hansen did an original song. He he has an album or two out. He's from Sweden. He was on the show again this year, even though it was two in the morning his time when we we started the show. But he was on. He did a song called Happy. And like I said, I'll have that on next week, along with there's a girl named Rachel who was on, and she does classical music. She did opera. No one in opera is coming after us for copyright infringement. It's older than all of us put together, I'm sure. <laughs> so I'll have Jorgen on. I got permission to use his song. I'll play a clip of that. I'll play a clip of Rachel. And there may be one other original that I'll put on. Uh, I'll have to go back through and listen to make sure the audio was good. But Simon was on. He did great. The one who really I was excited to see did a great job. Her name is Esther Gilliard. She's a member of the Keystone chapter and she was having all sorts of difficulties when she was here in our house from our kitchen, just logging on Zoom and then getting it to work with the music. She tried once on her at her own place, and then she came here one night. It was just, it was just a disaster. So she ended up going to Simon's house, and she did a song. And not only did she do a great job on the song, but she acted the part of this singer. She was very inspiring. Simon and Simon's mom, Maria, did backup for her. It was just, it was awesome. And it was, I was so happy to see that. What a great job she did. And it was, it was awesome. So a lot of folks did, it would have been hard choices this year for who was one, two, and three. Uh, Like I said, Rachel was outstanding. There was a, a guy named Michael from Salt Lake City who was also great. I can't play his, he did a Garth Brooks song. Uh, he was outstanding. Uh, again, everybody was so good. And with the exception of some audio hiccups there, everybody sounded good. Now, one of the other issues that we didn't try when we were doing the sound checks, people were having trouble unmuting themselves. And that became an issue. So there was a lot of dead time. One of us would speak to the person who was coming on and we're talking and, hey, how's it going and blah, blah, blah. And nothing was being said on the other end because they were having trouble unmuting. And I don't know what the issue was there. And I had wanted to move away from Zoom, especially if we're not doing the voting. Why even have it on Zoom? I had suggested last year maybe moving to YouTube. And it's a different animal and none of us know it. And that's part of the reason. But we really have to look into that for the next version of what we do with Believe You Can. And we'll see how it goes. 
One of the other issues over the last week or two has been Ziggy. Things were looking good. He was getting better. He felt better. His poops were all right in the normal color and everything. But as soon as we started adding his regular food back to his bland diet, and the way it works, when you come off a bland diet for a dog, you slowly introduce the food. So if he was getting um, all of the bland diet, which in Ziggy's case was rice and chicken, not that he think he, he loves that. I mean, the, rice is one of his favorite things, chicken, another one of his favorite things. But once Liz introduced, took away some of that and added 25% of his food, it took one day and, again, things were going the wrong way. Not that he was complaining. Uh, he was definitely a little lethargic. Um, so we took him back to the vet. And when we went back to the vet, they did, <laughs> they did about $1,200 worth of tests. I had originally thought they were going to do an ultrasound. They did not do that. They did some blood work, and the doctor thinks it's Addison's disease. And that's an autoimmune thing that hopefully if it is that, he thought 70% chance. So if it is that, there are, there are ways to manage that with more expensive food. <laughs> and so this poor dog who loves bananas, he is bananas for bananas, he hasn't had a banana in like five days. He hasn't had a blueberry in five days. He hasn't had broccoli or cauliflower. He hasn't had carrots for probably a month. He hasn't had chicken. Usually at nighttime when, we, when he goes to bed, he gets a piece of chicken to go in and or two pieces of chicken, I guess. And he hasn't had chicken for about five days. He's on this new food, which of course he loves food, so he's he's okay with it, but he hasn't had anything else other than maybe anything he's swiped off the counter or if we've dropped something on the floor. Other than that, he has had only his food and it's partially wet from a can, which to me is always gross because that's what my dog schnapps ate when I was a kid and I just hated that sound when it came out of the can. You know, the suction of it dropping out <laughs> into the bowl. So Ziggy ha has been getting that. He's scheduled to have next Saturday, so the 28th, he's scheduled to have a test that takes about an hour to see if it is Addison disease, Addison's disease. And I don't know if we should hope he has it or we should hope he doesn't have it because if he doesn't have it, then we have to go back to the beginning to figure out what's going on. But it's been it's been a little disappointing. Now, he has been a little more upbeat because Jane came home the other day and he loves when Jane comes home. He sits near her, uh, sometimes on the couch with her, but sometimes just on the floor in front of her. So it's nice. You could see how much he misses her when she's up in New York. And so she's home for a couple more days. She came home. She, she always takes a break in October for a few days. And, and this time we're going to use it to go to get new iPhones tomorrow, the 21st. I'm hoping that I have this edited by then, but I'm not promising anything because I still have to edit just listen, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. So our concern for Ziggy was another downer. I was so tired between Believe You Can and all that we were doing, and I still had some state convention stuff to work on, plus that, plus one other thing, which I'll talk about in a second. <laughs> That other thing that 
has really bothered me. And I kind of feel bad that it didn't bother me right at the outset. And I guess it's because when it first happened, I thought, you know, this stuff happens all the time over there. And the October 7th attack from Hamas that went into Israel and killed 1,400 people. That was stunning, and it was as troubling to me as any attack in my lifetime, whether it's 9-11 or any of the other terrorist attacks that have happened, whether in Israel or any other place. But what really got to me was probably four or five days later when I saw all these people supporting the attack. Now, this isn't like the attack where Russia went into Ukraine. And yes, the Russians did at points go after civilians. This initial attack primarily went into people's homes and slaughtered them in their beds and tortured them and then killed them families, babies, beheaded, whatnot. But what really got to me was how much I saw people hate Jews. And I am, I'm Jewish. And if you're, if you support Hamas, you know, go somewhere else. I don't want you, and you certainly don't want to listen to to my Jew voice telling you about what it's like to be blind. Just go somewhere else. There's plenty of other blind podcasts and places you can learn. But that was just stunning to me how that has happened, how they have applauded. And I I just thought back to 9-11, and I just couldn't imagine if people had these celebratory gatherings after 9-11. And I know there were some in other countries, not in this country. And I heard a commentator talk about what it was like before World War II for the Jews in Europe and how this was so similar. Average people supporting Hamas and the Palestinian. I don't care what you say, but that attack was nothing more than a terrorist attack. Don't blame it on X number of years of a cat in the corner and having to finally fight their way out. You don't go after civilians and women and children. And we've always wondered, Liz and I have always talked about this, and now more than ever, and even Jane has mentioned it. And I have to be honest with you, last Friday, the, on Friday the 13th, which has not been a, we've had some, some bad things happen on Friday the 13th over the years. It was the day Jane broke her ankle back in April of 2012. It was uh, December in 2019, my mom died. So I've always worried a little bit, but more so because October 13th, Friday the 13th of October, was proclaimed a day of jihad by Hamas, or a former Hamas leader. And I only thought they became former Hamas leaders 
when they were taken out, but I guess you can walk away from it, or maybe you moved up to something else. I don't know. Just the downplaying of them, jihad means holy war. It's not day of rage. It's not day of protest, day of anger. It's a holy war. And the difference between Hamas and either the IDF or the Israeli government, you know, there are terror alerts now for Americans all around the world. Not because the IDF or the Israeli government may shoot down a plane or put a bomb on a bus. Who does that? They don't. But Hamas does. And their sympathizers do. And over the years, Liz and I have thought, and, and as I've mentioned before here, I have never liked my last name, Goldstein. I've never liked it. I'm only the second generation to be born with it, third overall, because when my grandparents came from Eastern Europe, most likely Russia, it was given to them. And so we have talked about off and on over the years of changing our last name. And Jane said to me last week on Friday the 13th, you know, geez, I'd love to have a different last name on a credit card if I'm going to buy something and you whip it out and it says Goldstein on it. And so we've toyed around with some things. The original last name back in the quote-unquote old country was Valinsky, V-A-L-I-N-S-K-Y. And like I said, uh, it was changed when my dad always said that it was changed by my grandfather because they wanted an American name. My guess is the folks who intook all these folks that came off the boats in Philadelphia and New York and other cities either couldn't understand them or said, your last name is going to be this. Or how do you feel about Goldstein? And they, they said, I guess, yeah, I guess they said yes. Or, or, you know, maybe my dad was right and maybe my grandfather did decide to say, hey, that's going to be our last name. I don't know. One way we'll find out is an old friend of mine named Mark Soa is doing some genealogy work for me. Hopefully comes up with information about my grandparents, Benjamin and Ida, where they came in. And I've always been told they came into Philadelphia. Maybe we'll see if the ship manifest says Goldstein, then we know, okay, my grandparents changed it. If it's changed, if the ship manifest shows one, Valinsky, and then when they got here, they became Goldstein. To me, that most likely means it was changed for them. But again, well, I guess we'll never know. But getting back to my last name, even when I was in school, as early as middle school, I always thought, you know, I don't like this name. And I don't know what I would change it to. It has to be part of, you know, that side. I mean, I certainly could change it to Hernandez, but I don't look like a Hernandez. I don't mind the name. But I don't, want to, <laughs> I don't want to say, hi, I'm David Hernandez, and somebody starts speaking Spanish to me, and I have to say, no habla. It's kind of like uh, Born in East L.A., if you ever saw that movie back in the day with Cheech, and uh, I forget who the girl was. Uh, he didn't understand Spanish, evidently, and, <laughs> and he got caught in, a, in 
an ice raid at a uh, at a place of where his cousin or his friend was working, and because he didn't have his wallet on him, got sent back to Mexico, even though he was born in East L.A. Uh, it's a pretty funny movie, so check that out if it's available anywhere. Born in East L.A. <laughs> on my dad's side, some of the cousins, some of his cousins changed the name to Vol, V-A-L-L. And I've looked into that. I've also considered changing it to Benjamin, but Benjamin is also a Jewish name. Probably less prominent Jewish than Goldstein, (laughs) but still Jewish nonetheless. And so kicking around what we would do, I also thought about Benj, because when I say David Benj on all the socials, that could be my last name, but I don't really like that as a last name, even though I also own davidbenj.com. It's just a weird name, and it hasn't been, I I forget, I, I think it's an English name, and it's just not a very popular name. Again, not that it has to be popular, but it doesn't really, I am I do have English heritage, you know, British heritage, about a third from England, Scotland, and Wales. But that's on my mom's side because her mother was of English descent, English and Irish descent. So I thought about that and thinking about Vol, V-A-L-L, I do like that, but it doesn't really mean too much. It could mean wall, again, also English. Or if we add an E, but still call it Vol, that is a Spanish name, and it would be Valle. I don't know that I would pronounce it that way, but in the event that we ever do leave and move somewhere else, people would say Valle, and it would be okay for me, and I kind of think it has a nice sound. I, I know that when the last name shows up, and I've always felt this. My dad has told me stories of back in the day when people would say things to him. In fact, uh, I will never forget sitting in a deli in Chester with my dad when I was working at one of his at his store in Chester one summer. My dad had told me the story a, a few times about how some guy called him a dirty Jew when he was in school, and that <laughs> my dad only went up through eighth grade, so he two weeks in ninth grade and then he quit. Um, but in school, somebody called him a dirty Jew, and he popped him and knocked him on his ass, and uh, they became, I don't want to say buddies, but they were friends. And, and I, my dad always told me that story, and then one day we're in this deli having lunch, and the guy walked in, and he came over to me. He said, hey, did your dad ever tell you the story when I called him a dirty Jew, and he knocked me on my ass? I mean, he said the story the same, as, same way my dad told me, and it was always funny to me. So, you know, I know it's nothing new. And things have happened over the years to me. Uh, I specifically remember folks who went to high school with me will know John Sacamandi. He was a great ahead of us. But he was a lunch monitor when I was in middle school. And he didn't know me at all. And somebody called me by my last name as we were quieting down at the end of lunch And he heard them say, hey, Goldstein. And he came over, oh, your last name is Goldstein, gave me two pennies. And, um, you know, I'll I'll never forget that. And, um, you know, stuff like that. And I know that that's out there. And more so concerned for Liz and Jane. Jane was not raised Jewish, but identifies as Jewish. (laughs) And certainly has the attitude of being Jewish and and Hernandez. In fact, her friends at work, her coworkers, 
uh, always will say to her, oh, Jane, it's a little too much Hernandez tone. And I've, I've told that story where my mom would, could even say something nice, but she gave it the, what we called the Hernandez tone. Not that it came from the Hernandez side. It com- could be completely from the, from the Ellerby side, which was my grandmother. But because my mom's maiden name was Hernandez, it's called the Hernandez tone. So I don't know what we're going to do there. It might be something that we look into more, but it's just a little, it's, it's just the world is a little off to me and it's troubling to me. So that was another thing. And, and at the time I attributed it to being tired from all the believe you can stuff and the state convention stuff, but it really troubled me. And then this week reading about in Berlin, putting stars of David on the Jewish households, it just it just gives a bad feeling to me, and um, I don't know what we're you know what's going to go forward, but it certainly seems that um, the world has gone backwards, and no matter what happens in the conflict between Hamas and Israel, the Jews are always going to be blamed. It's happened for 2,000 years. The Jews are always blamed. And there's just no way that that continues in a, in a good way. That, that gets better in a good way. I just don't see it. Not because I'm blind, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen. So that also makes me think of leaving a place where maybe I've paid for something and now they know, hey, that guy's Jewish. Because I don't think I look Jewish. Maybe I do. And not being able to see somebody who may be coming up behind me or coming up in front of me to come after me just because I'm Jewish. I've always had that fear because I'm blind. That cane really announces to everybody, hey, that guy can't see. If we do something to him, he's not going to be able to identify us. So it's just one more thing to think about and worry about and whatnot. And... I have to tell you, last Friday, I was, it was awful. It was the eve of Believe You Can, all of those protests for the day of jihad and the attack in France and all the other things going on. And then, of course, the Believe You Can stuff and worrying about Ziggy. And I just remember walking up the stairs to go do the dishes at around two in the morning. And I'm opening the podcast player and, I'm, and I knew I talked to Brian Fishler a couple of days earlier. And he told me that they recorded, and he told me some of the stuff of what went on during that Real Blind Tech show. And I was opening up the app, and I didn't want to listen to anything but that. And I said, please, Brian, please have that episode posted. And when I got in there, it was there. And I laughed hysterically at the the stuff that went on in it. And I felt so much better after doing the dishes and listening to that episode. It just, it, it it was exactly what I needed. It was exactly what I needed. So uh, it was, <laughs> it was just a lot. It was it, exactly. I mean, I I couldn't have done anything else to have felt better, other than to listen to that episode. <laughs> that episode. So I, I and I told him. I talked to him a few days after, and I, I I said thank you for putting that up. I said I needed that so badly on Friday, and he put it up sometime on Friday. Uh, late afternoon or evening, I don't remember. But when I went to do the dishes Friday night at, well, technically Saturday morning at 2 in the morning, it was there. And I enjoyed it thoroughly. 
So that brings us to Just Listen. And as I said, I was thinking about doing a Believe You Can Just Listen for this one, but with everything else going on, I didn't have time to go through all of the audio from that and check it. But I'm going to have a few clips next week for Believe You Can. But what I have this week is very, very cool. And had it not been the same weekend for Believe You Can, I may have been at the game. Last Saturday, the 14th, the Penguins played the Flames in Pittsburgh. And someone who is a member of the NFB of Pennsylvania, her name is Angelina Angelsic. She's 18. She sang O Canada and the Star Spangled Banner before the game. She did a great job. And I, I would have loved to have been there just because it would have been cool to go to Pittsburgh and see a game. The only, the only non-Flyers hockey games I've been to were World Cup games back in the, oof, back in the mid-90s when uh, we sat behind Janet Jones and Wayne Gretzky's brother and Larry Christensen from the Phillies. And uh, they were sitting in the row in front of my season tickets that I had for the for the Flyers, and that was very cool. But it would have been cool to go to that game, and, and any other weekend, like I said, I probably would have gone. And it would have been fun to go out to a game there. And I never root for the Penguins, obviously, as a Flyers fan, never. Here it is on Just Listen. Angelina Angelsic singing O Canada and the Star-Spangled Banner. If you're able to please rise the move your hands and help us and direct your attention to the Flyers over the ice. In recognition of tomorrow's Mike Kane Awareness Day, and on behalf of who is really prepared, please welcome Norwood High School senior, Miss Angelina and Joseph. Yeah. 
mentioned that I was rooting for the Penguins. I should elaborate on that. I thought if the Penguins won when Angelina sang, then maybe they'd have her back more often. And I thought that would be cool. In Philadelphia, over the, uh, during the early 70s and mid-70s, they always played God Bless America by Kate Smith. And that was a good luck charm. For whatever reason, they won more times than not. Whether that had anything to do with it or not, whatever. But she sang sometimes in person, sometimes it was on tape. But when she sang, when they played that before the game, instead of the Star Spangled Banner, they would win more times than not. And I always thought that was cool. So great job to Angelina. You can find her on YouTube. Just go to angelinasings.us. Angelinasings.us. I'll put a link in the show notes. I've talked about her before. We had her on White Canes Connect. And she's had a great voice. I talked about her. In fact, I'm excited for the state convention because (laughs) the bar in the Crown Plaza in Harrisburg has great acoustics. And she and Esther and a few others did some singing the last time we were there, and they were outstanding. In fact, that was the place where one of the bartenders said he had to stop for a minute because he thought he was listening to a recording. He had to make sure that he was actually, it was actually somebody there in the bar singing. So she is that good. So uh, great job to Angelina for doing those anthems. Uh, great justice uh, at the Penguins Flames game. Last thing to get to is White Canes Connect, episode 086. And I touched on it a little earlier, but episode 086, we had Pam Allen, who is the first vice president of the NFB, the national organization. So she's way up there. I don't know if she's technically a heartbeat away, but she's way up there. And Lynn Heights, who is the president of the NFB of Pennsylvania, and they talk about the upcoming convention in Harrisburg. Pam tells us about how she got involved in the NFB, and she does have a connection to Philadelphia. She spent a semester here when she was in college back in the 90s. And she talks about that, and she talks about one of the other things, her, I guess her day job, is she's the director of the Louisiana Center. And there are three centers that the NFB run. One's in Louisiana, one's in Colorado, and one's in Minneapolis. And what these centers do, they train you to be an independent blind person. Whether you have vision or not, you wear sleep shades. So everybody's on the same same ground, same turf, no sight whatsoever. You learn how to cook, you learn Braille, you learn mobility and navigation. And um, again, there's three, three centers. Most of the folks I know have gone to Colorado. I don't know why they choose Colorado over the other two, but most folks seem to choose Colorado. And I guess there's different things. The folks that go to Louisiana usually combine that with schooling at, I don't know if it's LSU or Louisiana Tech, I forget the school, but they combine that for continuing, continuing education there whether it's for a master's or something more. But she was great to talk to, and I'm really looking forward to meeting her at the convention in Harrisburg in November. And Lynn, of course, talks about the convention and all the things that will be going on there. So again, episode 086 of White Canes Connect, it is out now. It dropped a few days late, but it is out. And I'm happy it's out. It was a, it was a great episode other than some audio issues. There was some issues with both Pam and Lynn's audio. So hopefully it's not terrible. I thought once I cleaned it up in Authonic, it sounded good. 
So again, check it out. White Canes Connect episode 086 on Apple, Spotify, and the other normal places you listen, or on YouTube at PA Blind Podcast. That is all I have for episode 247 of I Can't See You. Check out the show notes, ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 247, ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 247, numerically speaking. And again, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence. It's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U dot com slash 247. And please reach out either on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, Twitter X. That sounds kind of cool by calling it that, doesn't it? At David Benj, also on LinkedIn and on YouTube at David Benj, where you can also listen to the episodes. Please reach out via phone, 646-926-6350. You've got up to three minutes. Leave your name in town and your voicemail. And I used to say that I will play anything, but if you're a ranting lunatic and love Hamas, uh, I'm not going to play it. So go ahead and call and push me on it, but it's not going to happen. Everything else I'm good with. Again, the number is 646-926-6350. I'd love to hear from you. Get some thoughts on the episodes and anything else you've got on your mind. You can also reach out at I Can't See You Podcast at gmail.com. I Can't See You Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Be well, stay safe, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You Podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.